And welcome to another episode of Unearthing Paranormalcy, the podcast where we dig into the paranormal and find normalcy in the topic. I'm Amy. I'm Dave. I'm Chad. I'm you. And we are coming at you this week with a cryptid. We have got the Dover Demon. <laughs> His name is Ben, thank you. Ben Dover Demon. Yep. Nice. <laughs> All right, Dave, dig in for us. The Dover Demon is a small humanoid creature reportedly sighted by multiple witnesses in the town of Dover, Massachusetts on April 21st and April 22nd of 1977. He said it right. He said Massachusetts. <laughs> Yay. I always knew that Massachusetts thing was just a call out. God. Yeah, it is a bit. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Dover is located about 20 miles southwest of Boston and about 30 miles northwest of the center of the Bridgewater Triangle. Which I would like to eventually cover, y'all. Me That'd too. Cool, yeah. Dover is a quiet, wealthy town with a population of about 7,000 people today. At the time of these sightings, it was more like 4,500 or so. The town was first settled in 1640, and many residents can trace their family lines all the way back to the Pilgrims. In his 1914 town history, Dover Farms, Frank Smith writes of Farm Street, one of the oldest roads in town. In early times, this road went around the picturesque Polka Rock on the farm of George Battelle, which was called by a man for that name, and whom it is remembered that amid the superstitions of the age, he thought he saw his satanic majesty as he was riding on horseback by this secluded spot. His satanic majesty. I've never heard him referred to as that. Maybe we should call him that from now on. I like it. <clears throat> I like it. My satanic majesty. All right, back to the Okay, back to the book. The location has long been looked upon as one in which treasures are hid, but why anyone should go so far inland to hide treasures has never been told. However, there has been at times unmistakable evidence of considerable digging in the immediate vicinity of this rock. Unquote. A visitor to the area wrote, Farm Street on, the, on a recent evening could have been a modern-day Sleepy Hollow with woods lining the fieldstone walls and what little light there was coming from the moon. On the night of April 21st, 1977, Local youth William Bartlett was driving down Farm Street when something terrifying crossed his path. Out of the darkness, a pale creature with quote-unquote tendril-like fingers and massive eyes crawled along the top of a low stone wall on the side of the road. Bartlett told his father about the incident and cobbled together a rough sketch of the creature, and they both agreed that no one would believe them if they went public. John Baxter saw it next, reporting seeing a creature with long fingers. The next night, Abby Brabham saw the creature on a different road in town, according to the Boston Globe. The locations of sightings plotted on a map lay in a straight line over two miles. Does anyone else understand why we're doing hick accents for Boston, <laughs> I Massachusetts? <don't> know. <laughs> Can you do a Boston accent? 
fuck no. Okay, that's why. <laughs> the because we can do our <laughs> the locations of sightings. The locations Plot. of the sightings plotted on a map, laying a straight line over two miles. <laughs> I'm over like, our the location of sightings <laughs> laying a straight line over two miles. Now these these roads are all windy roads, so just keep that in mind when it's a completely straight line. Okay. All the sightings were made in the vicinity of water. William, John, and Abby all drew sketches of the creature they saw. We will post those sketches up on our Sochmeads. <laughs> <laughs> That's totes awesome. I OMG Becky. So I was able to dig up more detailed accounts of each of these sightings. On April 21st, 1977, at 10.32 p.m., three 17-year-olds, Bill Bartlett, Mike Mazaka, and Andy Brody, were driving north on Farm Street. Bartlett is behind the wheel of a Volkswagen. He spots something creeping along a low wall of loose stones on the driver's side of the road. When the headlights shine on it, Bartlett realizes it is unlike anything he's ever seen before. The creature slowly turned its head, looking with two large, round, glassy, lidless eyes shining brightly. Like two orange marbles. <laughs> that was good, actually. Son of a bitch. That's spot on Marbles. Marbles. The creature is described as having a watermelon-shaped head on top of a thick neck, which is in equal proportion to the rest of its body, which Bartlett described as thin, with long, spindly arms and legs ending with large hands and feet. Its long fingers curled around the rocks. The skin was hairless and peach-colored, with a rough texture that looked like... Like wet sandpaper. Altogether, the creature was approximately... Three and one half to four feet tall and shaped like a baby's body with long arms and legs. The sighting lasted very briefly before the car left the scene. The other passengers didn't see it. Bartlett stopped the car and told them all about it. They drove back by but didn't see anything again. He dropped his friends off at home and went home himself. His father noticed he was visibly upset. Bartlett recounted the story and sketched what he saw. On the sketch, William wrote, I, Bill Bartlett, swear on a stack of Bibles that I saw this creature. He also wrote on the sketch that the skin was the same color as white characters are colored in the Sunday comics. He also wrote on there about the size of a monkey and eyes glowed orange. Now this sketch, it's a very detailed sketch, and, at, and Bill actually went on to be an artist. Now... Being the fact that he is an artist, he is going to observe color a little differently than most people. Mm -hmm. So he's going to have like that detail on coloring, and that's going to stand out to him. Now, we're all looking at this picture right here. Chad, why don't you give our listeners a description of what you see in this picture? Well, <clears throat> I'd say it's a mixture of Squidward from SpongeBob and Dr. Zoidberg from uh, Futurama. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's like a... Squidward's head minus um, the long nose, because it has no nose. Um, and That's a mixture of Zoidberg and Squidward's head. Um, skinny neck with a football-shaped body. 
long arms, and then where like Zoidborg tentacles on his mouth are actually like the hands and feet of this creature. <laughs> and he's like walking across the mall. Yeah, and he's he's doing his best interpretation of what Bigfoot looked like in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Without I, swinging yeah. breasts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no swinging breasts. Good description. Good description. Absolutely. That'll be on our social meads for all you cool cats out there. Mm-hmm. Social meads. <laughs> About two hours later around midnight, 15-year-old John Baxter left the house of his girlfriend, Kathy Cronin. What was he doing at his girlfriend's house at midnight? Bucking. <laughs> they were Shh. studying and reading the Bible. <laughs> yeah, like all good Catholics do. She lived at the south end of Miller High Road. Baxter had been walking for about 30 minutes and was one mile away next to the heavily wooded area by the creek when he observed someone approaching him. Baxter assumed it was an acquaintance of his named M.G. Bouchard, who lived on the same road. John Baxter calls out to him and gets no response. Baxter and the figure continue to approach each other until they both halt. Baxter then asks, Who's that? The sky was dark and overcast and all Baxter could see was a shadowy form. Baxter took a step towards it. It scurried off to the left and into the woods. John Baxter gave chase, listening for the creature's footsteps on the dry leaves. He chased it through the woods, across the shallow brook, out into the field, then to the edge of a wooded gully. He stopped to catch his breath, then heard the creature running through the shallow wooded gully and up to the opposite bank. He looked across that gully where the creature had stopped. At about 30 feet away, he saw its feet, quote-unquote, molded around the top of a rock several feet from a tree. Baxter said that the creature's body reminded him of a monkey, except for its dark, quote-unquote, figure-eight-shaped head. I just stared at it for another few minutes, and then I just got all these thoughts that maybe it was something really strange, or because, uh, you know... Nothing ever happened to me like this before. So I didn't know what to think. That's like straight talking diarrhea that only a 15-year-old could do. <laughs> I, I tried my best there. I'm sorry. Um, and I mean, it's, it really started like psyching him out is almost what happened um, at this point. Uh, its eyes, which he described as two lighter spots in the middle of the head, were staring straight at him. Baxter began to feel uneasy, and then fear overcame him. He backed carefully away and headed back to the road. Then, he began speed walking down to the intersection at Farm Street, where a couple in a car picked him up and drove him home. Baxter recounts the story later and sketches what he saw. Okay, so here... On this picture, it's the silhouette of uh, Squidward again. <laughs> um, Pole dancing. It's just black. Um, now, the guy put a lot of detail into the tree. I mean, oh, yeah. you can even see one or two leaves still on the tree. Um, the and rocks and the grass look really good. Like, this one was a decent artist. And then he just didn't know what the fuck to do for the body and just covered it all in black. Um, <laughs> but the hands are so big, it's completely wrapped around this tree that's about a toothpick-sized tree. So he forgot to actually um, draw his dick, so there you go. 
Yeah, he did put a lot of texture into the tree's yeah. bark, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he did a good job on everything except for the silhouette of the body. Um, yeah. Uh, to me, it looks remarkably similar to the to Bill Bartlett's sketch. Yes. Yeah. In shape. Just like it's standing on uh, two legs then instead of four. Right, right. But yeah, other than that, thing, I mean, shape-wise, arm-wise, I, the... Head looks the same the exact structure. Same shape, yeah. The body is the same. Legs are the same. Feet are pretty similar. The way they're kind of wrap around the rocks is sim- is the same as the other sketch. Yeah, but He's it looks like so- honestly, it looks like something you would see in like a com- like a newspaper comic or something. Yeah. Now he wrote on the sketch that the eyes glow faintly, but he didn't put what color. Another sighting followed. The next night, on the 22nd of April, 1977, Brabham, Brabham, I barely know him, (laughs) was being driven home by Will Tainter. (laughs) Taint. (laughs) She spotted the creature on Springdale Avenue near the bridge. She described it as having a large, ovoid head, long, spindly arms. It was down on all fours, hairless and she could make out no facial features except for its large glowing eyes, colored bright green. As I looked at it, it kind of looked a minute like an ape. Then I looked at the head, and the head was just very big, and it was very a, a very weird head, and it had bright green eyes, and the eyes just glowed like they were looking exactly at me. Will Tainter, I barely know her, only <laughs> caught a glimpse and saw and said he saw something with a large head and tan body crouched in the road. Now, Chad, describe us this picture. Now, this is the best one Can't of all know. of them. I mean, absolute great artist. Um, I mean, I would probably spend two to three grand on this uh, drawing. <laughs> it's that good. Um, best way to describe it, a two-year-old's version of a wiener dog. <laughs> um, and instead, no of, instead of green, um, I'm pretty sure that says queen. Or cream. I'm pretty sure that's a Q, not a G. Um, and then, um, I mean, it's got little uh, parts. I mean, really good drawing. I mean, I don't think I could do this good. Um, let see. It's a little lighter than tan, but there's no spaces in her writing, which is... She also started spelling lighter wrong. Yeah. And she corrected it. As lighter. <laughs> um, and then... Is that a tarnish color? <laughs> it's what I was like. Tarnish? I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be a tannish color, but I shouldn't make fun of people's writing because mine's not very good either, but um, that's definitely cream. That's Q-R-E-E-N. I don't know what color that is. Um... Both eyes are two different shapes. Um, looks like her pin was going out in a few areas, so it's a lot of dotted lines. Um, all four legs are different. Um, it's about the length of the entire fucking page on body length. Um, so I don't know how that looks like a monkey or ape, but I mean... It literally looks like one side of either cat or dog. Like I, I think your kids draw better than this. Yeah. So Brabham is not as artistically inclined as Bartlett or Baxter. <laughs> I mean, 
I guarantee someone would spend a lot of money on this. <laughs> now, now, Bartlett and Baxter sketched the head of the creature the same size as its body. She drew it about half the size of the body. So, so far, the creature is described as tan or peach colored, or like Haggard the Horrible in the Sunday comics. It has an oversized head with large glowing eyes, abnormally long spindly arms, and it has been seen moving on two feet or on four feet. Bartlett also denied that this creature could be an animal of any kind. This definitely wasn't a fox or an animal. It was some kind of creature with long, thin fingers. The thing was more human-like in its form than animal. I've always tried to guess what it was. I've never had any idea. I wasn't trying to be funny. People who know me know I didn't make this up. People who know me know I ain't funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm an artist. (laughs) Lauren Coleman of Portman, Maine, a well-known cryptozoologist, led the initial investigations into the unknown creature. He actually coined the name Dover Demon. While studying Dover's history, Coleman said in a television interview, he was struck by the fact that the area in which the demon was sighted had a tradition of unexplained activity. In the same area, you had three major legends going on. Referring to the apparition of the devil on horseback, the tales of the buried treasure, and now the recently sighted Dover demon. I think it certainly says something. It's almost as if there's a certain area that collect sightings almost in a magnet way. Um, I think Laura, Lauren Coleman was the one who pitched the term Bridgewater Triangle. Maybe. I can't be completely sure of that, though. I know he wrote a book about it, but I don't know if he made the term or not. Well, I, we can correlate back to our Mothman episode. And John Keel talked a lot about all the other stuff that was going on in um, Point, Pla- Point Pleasant. Port, yeah, in Point Pleasant, um, West, West Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. During the, the, the Mothman sightings. And he was actually in the town prior to the first sighting because he was investigating some of the other light phenomenon that was happening at the time. So there definitely is, seems to be some correlations between Dover, Massachusetts and um, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Yeah. I mean, multiple times during my research that I come across the connection between Mothman and the Dover Demon. Uh, yeah. There's even something about, uh, I think, Coleman and... Uh, John Keel. John Keel, a, a connection between the two of them. So. Yeah, probably they both oh, yeah. they were both paranormal investigators. Yeah, yeah, they probably knew each other if not. It's something about they writing a book or something other. like that. They that may have written a book together. together. Yeah. Now uh, I want to make it clear that there wasn't any kind of light phenomenon or any UFO sightings with with this because some people have said it kind of resembles maybe a gray, but most people didn't think so. Well, well, yeah, this one's got more of that. Uh, you know his satanic mat or majesty stuff going on. Yeah, <laughs> Coleman theorized that the large geologic outcropping in the woods off Farm Street, called the Polka Stone, might actually have been originally called the Puka Stone. Puka Puka. After the type of Ishi in Celtic folklore, a Puka, according to Celtic folklore, is a shapeshifter that can take any form it chooses. As an animal. The puka will most commonly appear as a horse, cat, rabbit, raven, fox, wolf, goat, dog, 
or even as a goblin. No matter what shape the puka takes, its fur is almost always black. When in the shape of a human or humanoid, it typically still has some animal features, usually like ears or a tail or uh, paws or something. Traditionally, when the puka is seen as a dark, sleek horse, it has a long, wild, flowing mane and luminescent golden eyes. Coleman also talked with Mark Sennett of Sherborne, who was buying a bagel and coffee on a Saturday morning. Sennett said there was talk at Dover Sherborne High School in the early 1970s of strange things seen in the woods. In fact, Sennett said he and his friends might have seen a quote-unquote demon at Shanding Pond on Springdale Avenue back in 1972. I don't know if we really saw something. We thought we did. We saw a small figure deep in the woods, moving at the edge of the pond. We could see something moving in, in the headlights. We didn't know. It could have been an animal. There's a lot of hicks that live in Massachusetts. Massachusetts yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could even do. I can do one better. I don't know if uh, we really saw something. God damn it! I was trying to do Bill, Bill Clinton. <laughs> Fucked it up. No, he's from Arkansas, so. I'd... Now, Senate said the group told the police, who did investigate it, but nothing came of it. When Bartlett saw his creature five years later. He said he was driving with two friends on Farm Street near Bridge Street on the way to Shearborn about 10 p.m. The youths hadn't had any beer, but Bartlett admitted, We were probably looking for it, but we didn't have any that night. Bartlett said the car was traveling maybe 35 to 40 miles per hour when he saw the thing standing on a wall, its eyes glowing, in the headlights. It was not a dog or a cat, it had no tail, and it had an egg-shaped head. He said he saw it from about 10 feet away. Over the duration it took the car to travel from one utility pole to the next, his two friends again did not report seeing the creature. He grew up around animals and had seen the odd mangy fox. Uh, Bartlett said, It was some kind of creature with long, thin fingers, more human-like in its form than animal. Its shape reminded him of Kids with distended bellies. I've always tried to guess what it was. I never had any idea. This was no prank. Okay, so Coleman, who began an investigation within days of the sighting in 1977, and spotlights the Dover Demon case in the 2001 edition of his book, Mysterious America, believes Bartlett. Coleman said he interviewed all three teens within a week of the reported sightings and said he was convinced they had not concocted a hoax. We have a credible case over 25 hours by individuals who saw something. Nothing quite like the Dover Demon has been reported or seen since. Coleman says the Dover creature does not match the descriptions of the Chupacabra or of Roswell aliens or of the bad-eared goblin said to have attacked a family in Hoppenskill, Kentucky in 1955. I want to do that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> he, he is a very... Detailed in his research. I'm interested in reading his book. Yeah. If we don't actually already have it. It doesn't really fit any place. It's extremely unique. It has no real connection to any other inexplicable phenomena. 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 Diarrhea. 
Boom. Coleman said he canvassed local horse owners after the incident, and none reported missing a horse or foal. Moreover, it was not foaling season, he said. Carl Sheridan, the police chief at the time, said, I knew the kids involved. They were good kids. Pretty reliable kids. When asked what he thinks they saw, he responded, God only knows. I still don't know. Strange things have happened. The whole thing was unusual. Strange things Oh. The police chief got calls from all over the world when the case made the news, and he still does from time to time. No sightings have been reported since. The story was eventually picked up by newspapers all over the country, and people began to come forward with their own sightings of the Dover Demon. The Dover Demon that Bartlett and two other teenagers reported seeing over a two-day span in April 1977 has gained worldwide attention, not unlike Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, and the Latin American goat sucker, the Chupacabra. Chupacabra. In recent years, Bartlett has said of the sightings. In a lot of ways, it's kind of embarrassing to me. I definitely saw something. It definitely... It was definitely weird. I didn't make it make it up. Sometimes I wish I had. He has made a career as a painter, his work displayed in galleries on both coasts. But a Google search on Bill Bartlett, he noted, invariably turns up his teenage encounter with the unknown. Once his wife, Gwen, browsing the horror section of a bookstore, flipped open an encyclopedia of monsters, and there was an entry about her husband and the Dover Demon. It's a thing that's been following me for years. Not the creature, the story. Sometimes I dread every Hall- Halloween getting calls about it. Hey, is Ben Dover Demon there? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Get your car off my property. I don't know what kind of toll his calls he's talking about. Maybe from documentary people or... Probably. Cryptid hunters. People like us that just kind of bother people. Yo, Bill! <laughs> Bill Nye, the science guy! Bill, boo, boo, boo. Bill Nye, the, the Dover, Dover guy. guy. <laughs> so in 2006, the Boston Globe interviewed William Bartlett, and he stands by his story of the bizarre sighting on Farm Street that night. Even after all this time, Bartlett says, I have no idea what it was. Nearly three decades after seeing something very strange in Dover, Bartlett has mixed feelings about it. It was my 15 minutes of fame without wanting it. It was a little embarrassing. It still is. He said he hasn't talked much to his two children, eight and five years old, about the creature. I don't want to scare him. The professional artist has never drawn another picture of the thing he saw. I don't have enough memory of it. Uh, He said. I haven't wanted to. I'm a serious fine arts painter. I don't want people to think I'm a freak. You sound like a serious fine arts painter there. <laughs> I don't usually tell anybody. I shouldn't be embarrassed. But you see these people on TV and they're made to look like idiots. I really do wish I'd made it up. I might have profited from it. It's a great story. I wish it was seen again so everybody would know it was true. Some people think the Dover Demon could be a Managishi, an animal in Creek folklore. They are described as small semi-humanoid, 
with very thin and lanky arms and legs ending in more than normal digits. They also have big heads without a nose. These people are said to live between rocks in the rapids. Kind of fits. Mm -hmm. Police told the Associated Press that creatures reported by the teenagers, quote, were probably nothing more than a school vacation hoax, unquote. Skeptics usually claim that the Dover demon was simply a lost baby moose glimpsed under unusual circumstances that made it seem like a bizarre humanoid that sometimes went on four legs. As for the moose theory, Coleman said only two moose were reported in Massachusetts in 1977. Massachusetts! <laughs> you did so well! I had to sneak one in on you. In, mm, uh, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> And that was in 1977 and 1978, both of them in central Massachusetts. A yearling moose, by that time of April, would weigh more than 600 pounds and be bigger than the Volkswagen Bartlett was in. That is a pretty good point. Coleman also said, To have a bipedal moose with long fingers and orange skin and no hair and no nose would be more of a phenomenon than the Dover Demon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree with Coleman when he says, I think the Dover Demon's mystery lives on. It's an unknown phenomenon whose fame has stretched worldwide, and I think the Dover should be very proud. Be proud of your Demon Dover. <laughs> demon doing mysteries. So, do y'all have any explanations that you can think I of? I seriously think from the photos and the descriptions, whenever I first looked into it, and even seeing the first count uh, uh, sketches, I swear to God, it looks like a gray. Yeah, a gray alien. I actually, I have two theories. The first one I've had wrong. For, <laughs> first one I've had for a while. Second one just popped in my head when we were talking about Abby uh, Barbum Barbham. Yeah, but the Abby chick. Abby B. (laughs) All right, my first theory is that the Dover Demon is a juvenile Jersey Devil. (laughs) It just hadn't sprouted its wings Uh, yet. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Okay. Okay. My second theory is that the Dover Demon is a juvenile Bigfoot. Wrong. Wrong. I'll tell you what it is. I know what it is. I know who's under the mask. Let me add him. Let me add him. (laughs) All right, Ken. (laughs) This celebrity has been on. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Wrong show. Wrong show. Um, No, I don't know. It it could be uh, the uh, Jersey Devil. Could be Bigfoot. Could be an alien. Or it could be Neil Patrick Harris. Could be. Yeah. So another thing though, Jamie one, Kennedy or Jamie, not Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> oh, dude, I, is he even alive still? <laughs> yeah, that guy's a, uh, Jamie Fox. It's, it's Jamie Fox. That's who it is. Uh, uh, it could be Donnie Wahlberg. And he's in every episode too. Somehow. Sorry, uh, we're talking about the mass Singer. We forgot what we were talking about. Um, and another thing though is like one thing I did read is like people thought like uh, so sorry sorry people who had their suggestions who were who were believers of uh, aliens and whatnot, thought that either it was a uh, scout or um, like an alien scout um, or someone left here, basically. Why are you guys fucking laughing at me? It's an alien brownie. He, may, he hasn't met Eagle Scout yet. 
He's trying to get his patches. Oh E.T. phone home. Apparently, we didn't share a brain on that one because he's an alien scout. And I'm like, what? Is he recruiting? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, he's a pretty what? good one. He's His 40 time's a little slow, though. I don't... I mean, he's got good upside, though. I mean, he he could become out a really, really good baller. Dave, did you, did you understand what I was saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, oh, no, we, we knew what you meant. We just wanted to fuck with you. They're just in one of them moods it's tonight. A, it's a seven-day <laughs> deal with you guys, isn't it? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, 365 days a year. Now, now this Manageeshi to me, it fits pretty good, except for the legs and arms ending in more than normal digits. Because if you look at the descriptions and you look at the sketches even, in all the sketches, well, except for Abby Brabham's, because <laughs> hers doesn't have fingers or toes. It just ends in like hoofs. But um, they have three fingers and a thumb. But you know, it could have more because remember they mold around the rock, so there could be some more on the backside of the rock that they, you know they didn't know how yeah. to draw in three D yet. So they haven't practiced their re- realism class. So, but well, the most I see in any photo is four. Yeah. Like the realistic ideas that I had running through my head as I was trying to think of what kind of animals had long digits. Okay. You know? And raccoons have very human like digits. Yes, they do. And so I was thinking, well, raccoons can get quite large. So what if we had either like a mangy raccoon or like a like a a binoe tan raccoon? So how how, how do we explain the eyes though? I, well, but all nocturnal animals lights reflect eyes. off of light, but would they look? Uh, they, would look they would look they glowing. Yeah, well, I, they would I, look I, yellow, I, orange, I get that, red. But with the, with the case of it being thirty yards away from or thirty feet to, feet away, well, the only two that talk about glowing was the one was that, Baxter and Abby. The other one said the lights, the eyes were just lighter than the rest a, of the body. They had a, uh, eyes glowed faintly. Okay, which would just be. Any like the moon reflecting off okay. the eyes, and the other two were in cars, and that guy was on foot, so yeah. it would make sense that if there was any light reflecti- fleck, reflecting reflecting off of the eyes, it would be the two of the cars. Yeah, but yeah, all nocturnal animals have their Which eyes reflect. Light, Bartlett so. described as orange, and Abby described as green. But that can and, be- and when she was told, well, everybody else saw it as orange, she was like, nope, I definitely saw it as green. She really stuck to her guns with it. And um, as a uh, one of the Videos I watched, they had a uh, zoologist. Zoologist, mm-hmm. <laughs> couldn't think of the name. Um, it's a good thing we share a brain. Yes, he uh, <laughs> <laughs> said that with nocturnal animals, the light, the color of their eyes will change off of depending on the different hues of the light hitting it. So if the Volkswagen Beetle's lights were a bright yellow lights and it hits it, it's going to make it look yellow. But with hers, if her light had any more blue tint to it, with the yellow. Um, it could make it look green. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the biggest thing I have with the raccoon, although the head shape, I mean, raccoons' heads are much smaller than their bodies. Yeah, and and this, all of these, their it could heads be a raccoon are with Down syndrome. It could be. Um, don't say it doesn't happen. We had a Doberman with Down syndrome. We did, yes. And it, his head kind of looked like that. Yeah. Honestly, his Poor it Bob. did. It, it, it his head looked a hell of a lot like that. Now the thing I don't like about the raccoon is I've never seen a raccoon that's almost four feet. Yeah, I've seen some that's big raccoons, seen some big ones, but they also all have tails. Yeah, and none of these they have all have tails. tails. Yeah, now those unless unless some of those fingers are tails. 
Because four feet, that's quite a big animal. What, that's, well, I mean, I guess they probably don't, have, don't really have bobcats up there. Well, what made but, me think about like a juvenile Bigfoot, all in all honesty, was her talking about how it kind of moved ape-like. And then I started thinking, well, what if we have like an orphaned Bigfoot? Oh, poor little and Bigfoot. He went on a scout trip <laughs> and got separated from his scoutmaster. <laughs> well, he got pedophile. Pedophile. <laughs> He got touched in the no-no square and decided he would run away and then got spotted by the guy in the Volkswagen. Now, and apes have very long-looking fingers oh, yeah. and toes. Yeah. The zoologist I was listening to... Now, hers makes no sense, but she was saying it resembles a tarsier who, if you actually look at it... Well, if you don't, if you don't see the tail, body-wise, kind of looks like it has large eyes... Tarsiers are really kind of cool looking. They're kind of creepy looking. Fingers. Only thing is, they only grow to like six inches. Yeah, they're teeny tiny. Oh, yeah. So, and they are native to, to South, South America. America and the Philippines. And she said and it would have <laughs> had to have been an exotic pet that got loose. And I'm like, so there had to be an exotic pet that also happened to be a world record setting tarsier in size. <laughs> well, see, <laughs> we were also talking about escaped pets, and we were. I was trying to think of like actual apes and monkeys that have like that shape of head and i said well an orangutan would have like a uh, they have like a the odd shape head and then dave's like nobody was looking for their missing orangutan <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean who's like i'm I mean, not saying we let one out <laughs> are you suggesting that there was some kind of a train accident with a circus <laughs> and uh, that happened and it got loose summer of the monkeys um yeah they, but it didn't happen here it happened here. I mean, it did happen here. No, <laughs> no uh, I know. <laughs> it didn't happen in this place. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amy's strange. I tried to look up some animals that could fit the description or be misidentified, and I really couldn't find anything. Well, the very first thing I read was a moose. possum, maybe, because it's got the long nose. And I mean, I've seen some big possums. Not but that big. Can you imagine that, big, that yeah. possum that freaking that three big? Foot possum, man. That would be scary as shit. Possums are scary. Yeah. <laughs> now, have we ruled out the possibility that it's just Mr. Peanut streaking? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby nut. Rest in peace, Mr. Peanut. <laughs> oh, by the way, that's Eli's nickname. What? Baby nut. <laughs> you guys saw the new Planners commercial during the Super Bowl. He was like, oh, it's so cute. And at the end, it's like hashtag baby nut. And I look at Eli and go, Hey, baby nut. <laughs> and now all our listeners know. You're welcome. Now, I don't know if this is in... Let's make that trending. Baby nut. In Michigan, there's the melon-headed children, which it's it's a deformity that, that children have where there's more water on the brain, so it causes their head to swell to abnormal sizes. Yeah. On that point, but also on the distended bellies, the... When you always see the orphans on TV with the mm -hmm. the distended bellies, they usually have that awkward shaped head, head as well. Yeah. Could so there? What we're saying is it was a Ethiopian <laughs> deformed child, <laughs> child in Massachusetts. It could have been. You you know that was. I mean, we're talking. I mean, we're near Appalachia, right? So <laughs> the hills have eyes, kind of shit <laughs> yeah. going on. Now that was actually John Baxter's first um, intuition. When he went chasing the creature, he thought it was a child that needed his help. Yeah. Which is why he just 
went after it with no fear, you know. She's like, I gotta help this child, and then... No, don't run away. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be your friend. Now, see, uh, when I was reading the stuff, and the moose was like the first thing I read about, I was like, the, the only description that the moose fits is Abby's. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't fit any of the other ones, because moose don't have fingers. Yeah, and they Well, they don't walk ape-like either. Yes, and they, they walk on four legs, not two. <laughs> I mean, I guess it could be a mutant moose. A <laughs> mutant moose. It, it was Rocky. No, no, Bullwinkle. Bullwinkle. Yeah, Rocky was, was a squirrel. It was Bullwinkle. That's who it was. <laughs> now, according to this, those small humanoid bulbous head things I was talking about um, have been seen in Ohio, North Carolina, and Connecticut. I can but see they're it. they're usually... They usually jump out and attack people. This thing didn't seem to be... A, the Dover Demon didn't seem to be aggressive at all. I mean, it didn't... It scared. It like didn't it ran hiss. away from him. It didn't make any noise, really. And I think that's why I lean... I keep leaning towards, like, juvenile something. Yeah. And, yeah. like I said, the very first thought was the juvenile... A juvenile Jersey Devil. Because they're described with, like, the horse-shaped heads and all that stuff. And, I mean, I don't know the breeding techniques of a Jersey Devil. But well, maybe. when a mommy devil <laughs> and a daddy devil, devil do you love know each for other, sure? Yes, because they could be asexual and like they drink out of the same water bowl, <laughs> and that's how they have baby jet devils. And that does make sense because it was spotted by water on three different times. <laughs> now we're teaming up on you. <laughs> <laughs> Driving the listeners crazy, like, God damn, these guys are stupid. <laughs> and see, it just hadn't gotten its wings yet. Because every time a... <laughs> every time a bell rings, a <laughs> Jersey devil, devil gets his wings. <laughs> oh, my God. Help us. Um, Please, help us. I don't know. Do we got any other explanations, either out there or in there? Honestly, aliens, to me, fits it. Because anytime since I was a kid and drawn aliens... It looks exactly like two of the three sketches. <laughs> I, don't think I don't think I've ever been that bad of an artist. And I, will, I feel terrible for dogging you know someone's what? art. But. I will not dog Abby's art because I probably would have drawn the exact same thing she did. I'm not a drawer. So it's hard. But even, yeah. the, picture, even the picture I drew of the gray alien for our uh, as a just goofy design that's on our Facebook page looks like... And it, like like yeah. one of these, yeah. Like even the fingers, it's got the long, bulbous fingers and shaped head. And yeah, I, I've never been to Massachusetts, but Dave and I were looking at pictures, and it's very wooded. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, and it's like in Oklahoma when we talked about the Bigfoot episode. There are plenty of places that, especially an animal this size, in areas like that, could go undetected. So it could just be an unknown animal. I mean, who knows? It, and it could be some kind of deformed could just be animal. Forced, uh, forced children. Could I mean, it, no. the fact it was never seen again, it could be maybe it was an injured or Ill, Ill animal that then died. And then we found its skeleton, you know, maybe its skeleton was found somewhere or something, but because the skeleton would be. Of something we knew. Of something just... we knew, we never would have correlated the two. Right. And that's why I was going like with a you know, mangy, some kind of mangy animal. Like, you know, the raccoon or a bear or whatever. Could it, could it have been a hairless beaver? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Abby saw her hairless beaver is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Eli's just shaking his head like, oh, God. You're normally the one coming in with all this stuff. I mean, they're by water. I mean, maybe something happened. It lost its tail. It had mange. It's sickly. But I don't know. They got tiny little heads, though. That's going to be my... Favorite explanation for the do- <laughs> the Dover the, 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 the Dover demon. It's it's a hairless beaver. Have you seen this? this have you seen the Massachusetts hairless beaver? His name's Ben. Dover. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I need to start a like a museum and have. <laughs> It's good. One, of, one of my attractions Help. is going to be a, the Dover Demon. It's just going to be a hairless beaver named Bid. <laughs> oh, we're fucked. Oh, all of our Massachusetts listeners. I've <laughs> just shut it off already. Just, I apologize. They <laughs> shut it off when we gave them all hick accents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize. We I don't can't think do we have a whole well. lot of Massachusetts listeners, but we have less now. <laughs> I did bring along some other interesting details about this small town in Massachusetts. While modern sightings of the Dover Demon aren't common, the Dover Cemetery is dotted with headstones that date back to the town's settlement in the 1600s. Also in Dover is the Noanette Woodlands, which is a grand preserve of forest and trails. There have been numerous reports of haunted happenings in the woodlands. One story tells of a man dressed in a white suit who watches hikers from a distance. But when people approach him, he vanishes. Sounds like uh, uh, Colonel... Sanders? Yeah. I was thinking, you want some chicken on your hack? I couldn't get Colonel Mustard out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Colonel Sanders. Mm, what you doing over there? you're looking good. <laughs> That's what the Dover Demon is. He's that- a mutant chicken. And he's got the long arms... And long fingers so that we can get all the drumsticks. <laughs> oh, and, and and they always talk about the chickens that are bred in captivity with the farms that are missing their noses, missing yeah. their beaks. Yeah. Whoa. We moved from Kentucky to Minnesota. Minnesota. No. We moved they- from Massachusetts <laughs> to Kentucky. We've gone from hairless beaver to some cock. <laughs> we broke Amy. <laughs> She's like purple. <laughs> Breathe. No one look at her. She'll come back. She'll come back soon. On a quick tour of Google Maps Street View, I noticed Dover is filled with historic homes and buildings with old-fashioned architecture and colonial styling. A very beautiful town with a rich history. The Dover Demon certainly makes for a good podcast and a sufficient reminder to always have a dash cam when driving down Farm Street southwest of Dover. And always shave your beaver. <laughs> so what do we got on uh, pop culture? Um, there is a 17-minute long short film that's on YouTube. It's god-awful. <laughs> um, I didn't say it out loud, did I? Um, I watched it. Took me three tries, but I got through 17 minutes. <laughs> um, it, there's a Lost Tapes that used to be on Animal Planet did an episode. Yeah, um, but Lost Tapes also did an episode of the... Oklahoma octopus, and we all know that's bullshit. Yeah, um, there are multiple comic books that have the Dover Demon, um, and the, I think there's one TV series that had a play of Dover Demon in it, but that's really about it. 
But the short film, like I said, it's on. This is called The Dover Demon. It's on YouTube. There's a lot of fictional books out there, There's, too. like, one good actor in it, at least for the first five minutes. Um, but, I mean, if you guys want to see, like, it was like a, you could tell, like, college film school or something. Yeah. I, I would suggest going and checking out the 17 minutes of your life. It's not like you're wasting everything. Unless you try three times to watch it, and then yeah. it Well, I fell could. asleep the first time because I didn't sleep last <laughs> night. Um, the second time, I just got bored with it, and the third time, I forced myself to watch it. Now, this thing was cited over the course of 25 hours. And it, I mean, it is a like one of the famous cryptids, and I think a lot of that has to do with Laura Coleman's work. I mean, the amount of detail that he got during his investigation. You know, most people would write out in their cryptozoological books, like let's take Bartlett's encounter for example. They'd be like, around some time on this day. Uh, Bill and some of his unnamed friends were driving north on some obscure street in town in a car when they saw something, you know? And then, I mean, he gets, like, what kind of car it was, first and last names. I mean, 10.32 p.m., precisely, he put down. It's, I think that's a lot of the reason that the thing is, he got more detail through. on this investigation than we have on any of the Bigfoot sightings. Yeah, yeah. Like... You don't see that so much investigation, investigated work with like yeah Bigfoot or Mothman really. Mothman yet quite a bit, but like yeah Bigfoot or Loch Ness, or like you don't really have that kind of. You don't have someone who investigated as well as he did. Yeah. And the only reason those really took off was because of the video and the pictures and things. Yeah. You know, I mean this. And then they're scrutinized like, like crazy. Yeah. Um. In fact, I feel like not having pictures of the Dover Demon, other than the sketches, add a little bit more to it. Because, you know, the fact that with the the first two sightings, that the sketches look very similar. There's no way they could have collaborated their stories because it happened within a few hours of each other. Within 25 hours, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas... Yeah, the first two, it was within two hours of each other. I almost feel like Abby's story, not to discredit Abby, but her story almost feels like a kind of like an add-on. Like, oh yeah, I saw this thing too. When hers, I feel like, could have been another animal. And like a known animal. But because maybe by that point, she had heard stories circulating about what the other boys had seen. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, she just she saw something she didn't recognize and automatically assumed, hey, that's what it is. And that's strictly because her sketch and her description are different. You know, I think that maybe with with the three, the three different people, I feel like maybe two of them saw the same creature and the third one may have been a different creature. But I mean, I don't know. It could have been the same, but just, just kind of my feeling, my my feeling on the descriptions and everything like that. I think Abby saw actually saw a more known animal, and just because she had heard the the talk about the thing that everybody else had seen, she was like, "Oh, yeah, I saw it too. It was like this." And also, if Abby listens to this podcast, this is no way me attacking your artwork. (laughs) I was just describing it for the listeners. Keep going. You can do it. <laughs> now, I did leave out some details between Abby and 
her boyfriend, Will, uh-huh. that she was 15 and he was 18 or 19. Because, I mean, now that's a big deal, but heck, even in the 90s when we were kids, it wasn't. And in the 70s, it definitely wasn't. It's really only become a big deal probably in the last 15 years or so. Yeah. Because, I mean, I was 17 and dating a 23-year-old. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. Yeah, I'm totally normal. I just left it out, so. So we have anything else on this demon of Dover? Nope. Do we think it's real? Do we think it's a hoax? Not enough evidence for me to pick uh, either side. I think it's an alien. Dave? Yeah, I mean, there's just, for me, there's not a lot of, or there's just not enough evidence, you know? Um, I believe Lauren Coleman kind of says the same thing. He doesn't really come at any kind of conclusion. He's just like, here's what I investigated. Here's the facts. So I'm, I think I'm going to kind of do the same. And I think there's a possibility but no evidence for me to clearly say, yes, it's real. I think they saw something. Oh, I believe and they, they saw, saw something. something out, of, out of the norm. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I can't, I can't guarantee, I can't guarantee, I can't tell you what it was because like, yeah, there's not enough information on it. And maybe if somebody would have seen it in another location later on or, if there was maybe a couple more sightings of it. And that's what leads me to believe it was actually some kind of a sick animal that actually was dying, which is why it would run off, you know? Now there is a school of thought that this kind of, um, that this type of psychic energy really manifests in the brain as what you want to see it as, you know? Um, like, like for example, some people might see the same massive, ethereal energy and see a Bigfoot while somebody else will see an alien or something. Um, I find it fascinating with this one that two of them saw almost the exact same thing and they were not at the same place. Yeah. And then the third one saw something completely different. So It was actually a really interesting topic to cover because there's I hadn't heard a whole lot about the Dover Demon. So I had no clue what it was when you said we were covering it. It so. was really interesting to find out the information that we did. And I actually thought there were more sightings of it. But Maybe when we get to the doing like the Bridgewater Triangle, because that's only about thirty miles from here, maybe it moved into that area. Yeah. Maybe it came from that area. Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe it could have. It could have wandered maybe from the there. The triangle is a gateway for creatures from another dimension to travel into our world and it happens to be one of those the triangle is a gateway for shaved beavers to yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shaved beavers and no, uh, beakless cocks <laughs> to come through i like it we will definitely have to do the bridgewater triangle uh, oh yeah we, i think we've talked about it before actually we um, need to do it just to try like the that and Bermuda, the Triangle. Bermuda Triangle and stuff like that. I think there's even a triangle here in Oklahoma that has some similar stuff. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you have any information on the Dover Demon that you want to share with us, if you're from um, Massachusetts and you've got a story to tell us, let us know. And be sure to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash UMP normalcy. Check out our awesome new podcast, Unearthing Evidence. Uh, Right now we're digging into the smiley face killers and it's been really fun to do. And we would love to let you guys listen to it and tell us what you think. 
and make sure you go to our website at umpnormalcy.com. Check out our merchandise, our bios, our pictures. You can listen to all of our episodes on there. And we can we also have our Facebook group at UMP Normalcy. Make sure you join the group. Um, and our Instagram and Twitter are also at UMP Normalcy. And until next time. Keep digging. Beavers. <laughs>